Patreon exclusive. Who wants a mustache ride? Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Patreon-exclusive After Hours. Guys, we have finally brought it to Patreon. This is for Patreon supporters only, so if you're hearing this, congratulations, you paid a dollar. If you're not hearing this, well, first off, you're not hearing me say you're not hearing it, but second off, <laughs> you can't afford a dollar? I mean, I know we're cooler than a bag of Cheetos. Come on. But <laughs> regardless of which, I am Chris Dolly, host of uh, Realm of the Mist Entertainment podcast, as well as Breaking the Fourth Wall podcast. And tonight I am joined by Ray Rumsey, a.k.a. The Chronicler from Chronicles of the Lost Realm and Sounds Dicey. What's up, Ray? Hello, everyone. Hey, Chris. Good to be here. <laughs> and also member of Sounds Dicey and Chronicles of the Lost Realm, as well as you're going to have to remind me of your all your other connections here, but Miss, uh, director, producer, Mr. Joe Cahill. Hey, what's going on, Chris and Ray? Uh, very well, thank you. <laughs> so, for those not familiar with After Hours, which I don't understand why you aren't, they're, they're on Patreon for free, you could go see all the other ones. After Hours is very much a... Whatever we feel like discussing is what we're discussing. Uh, hopefully it's funny. Hopefully it's entertaining. Hopefully it pisses somebody off. That's the whole purpose and prospect of it. But in reality, there is no rhyme, no reason to it. However, I am going to start this off with uh, putting Joe on the spot a little bit and kind of helping with an interview session for Ray. <laughs> for those that don't know, one of Ray's major aspirations and the reason he started Sounds Dicey and uh, Chronicles of the Lost Realm is he's an aspiring voice actor. Yeah. Ray wants to be a cartoon character. <laughs> Ray is a cartoon character. Ray is a cartoon character. But unbeknownst to Ray, I don't know if he actually knows or not, but I know that, again, I stated in the uh, in the introduction, Mr. Cahill here is a director and producer. So, Joe, why don't we dig into a little bit what you direct and produce? Uh, well, let's see. We got a feature film that we shot last year, and it's in post now, Night Mistress. I hope everybody goes and checks out the Facebook page. It's going to be amazing. It is a new take on, on, a, on a horror thriller. Um, so the Night Mistress will... Basically be six different creatures in one. Um, so you're going to have to go and check it out and then watch it when it comes out. A uh, bunch of shorts I've produced. Uh, Pythergast, Strange Hallway. been working on one called Midnight Sun right now. Um, but the big deal is the feature that we're going to start shooting next year called The Last Battleship. And Ooh. yes, I've already been talking to Ray about coming up with the voice for the computer system on board the battleship. Now, is this a, are we talking battleship like, you know, USS New Jersey, or are we talking like the uh, the, the starship Yamato? Are we talking sci-fi, or are we talking like down on Earth, out at sea? We are talking sci-fi out in deep space, and she's old. 
Nice. It was one of the first battleships ever built after we started exploring outside our system. And she is on her final cruise before retirement and oh. being sent to the breakers. So she's essentially like the battleship Galactica or the starship Galactica. Yeah, except bigger. Except bigger. <laughs> <laughs> and a whole lot of guns. Whole lot of guns, not as many fighters. <laughs> <laughs> but you need fighters. Um, <laughs> she, she she basically is is get in there and and slug it out. Okay. Whereas uh, well, the Galactica was kind of you know a, an aircraft carrier. Let's send all the fighters to do the fighting. True. Yeah, that, that's very much true. Um, but of course, we're talking about which version of of Galactica. Are we talking about the uh, the original seventies and eighties Galactica, or are we talking about the the sci fi reboot? Uh, more like the reboot Galactica, still much bigger. Uh, the design of the ship is three kilometers. Um, she's being designed right now by a buddy of mine, Dan McIntyre, and his little company, Hypercraft Incorporated. And he uh, he likes to design sci-fi ships and has been doing it for about 35 years now. Excellent. Mm-hmm. If you head over to the Facebook page for it, I've seen some of the preliminary sketches for it, and it looks Pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean, right now the uh, you you jump on and the page, they immediately is one of the enemy ships is sitting at the top, uh, all diagrammed out. Oh, excellent. Well, I definitely, I definitely got to know. I mean, since you, since you do direct and produce, I, I sent you a video. Yes, and I haven't watched yet. Ah, <laughs> see, I was going to let you blast me right here live right now. Uh, I can save that for the next show. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> but that means i got to wait that long. God damn it. It no, depends but... what you'll be calling us tomorrow saying, hey, who wants to do a show? That is, that is true. And I don't know if it'll be another after hours. I mean, we do have regular podcasts as well. Um, but Oh, yeah, because I can't wait for you guys to get me on the Star Wars one. Well, you're talking to one of the hosts of Star Wars, uh, War of the Stars, so... You know, just let them know you want to be on it. <laughs> hey, I want to be on it. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> I did. Uh, speaking of we're War of the Stars. Doing one, we're actually doing one tonight, um, but it'll be the 49th episode. Right. So. Yeah, because I, I did mention to you guys that you got to come up with something special for number 50, because it's, out of all the Realm of the Mist shows, a lot of them have taken hiatuses and breaks, and uh, even like Breaking the Fourth Wall, which started this whole entire nonsense, um, got shut down for quite a while. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it was getting hard to find panelists to want to be a part of it, and also I shut it down and created uh, Realm of the Mist podcast. So, the only show on Realm of the Mist Entertainment that has been consistent since day one is War of the Stars. So you got to do something special for number 50. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. Which, you know, Mark, um, he had read uh, the the post as well. So um, we haven't really discussed what exactly we want to do. Um, that'll probably be a behind the scenes kind of thing. But I agree. I think 50th episode is definitely something to celebrate. So we got to come up with something good. A Wookiee chorus line. Hmm. I can only do one Wookiee. <laughs> <laughs> it could be an Ewok course line, so that way it's smaller. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he can only still do one Ewok. <laughs> <laughs> That's the beauty of Audacity. He could just record in different uh, octaves yeah. and then just put it all together. 
<laughs> oh my god, um, har- harmonizing Jawas. Houtini. All all I can think right now is that the 50th episode is probably going to be pretty similar to the Christmas episode that they came or sorry, the holiday episode that they came out with for Star Wars. I imagine this is going to be both a tragedy and a train wreck all at the same time. Oh my god, do a total profile on the uh, perverted grandfather that sat there watching the porn on the fucking VR glasses. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. Do a whole hour mock-up about him. (laughs) This is going to be a travesty. (laughs) That would be, actually that would be cool thinking about it, Like like a mockumentary about how like his life had become completely addicted to vir- virtual porn, and he wound up getting locked up for jerking off in a uh, Moss Eisley uh, uh, cantina. And <laughs> <laughs> wow! Yep, yep, this, it went there. This is how my mind works, folks. <laughs> oh man, could you imagine trying to? Never mind. No, no, no. I'm... Even this show won't go that far. <laughs> I was about to say, would, could you imagine trying to clean the mess up when he was done with all that oh. hair? Oh my! <laughs> Use the force, Luke. Oh, <laughs> use some OxyClean or something. Jesus. <laughs> oh man! But speaking speaking of the force and all that, guys. Um, this is after hours, so there's there's really no governor on this. There's there's no. There's no you can or cannot talk about this. You can or cannot say this. You can or cannot, you know, like we we can't talk about this because that belongs to another show or whatever the case may be. So, is there anything you've really wanted to say on your shows that you haven't been able to say? <laughs> Let the hate flow through you. <laughs> I mean, not really. Uh, the War of the Stars is a. Uh... We may we may cross the dimensions a little bit, and we'll talk about you know comparisons to Star Trek and things like that. But for the most part, Star Wars has enough uh, content that we're able to just press right through, and it, it's been a good show since I've been on there. I enjoy it, and you know, like we were talking about, I would absolutely uh, love to have Joe on there. Um, see what kind of knowledge he has on the subject. Mm-hmm. Well, I know I know Joe used to help out when we used to have a show called Talking Trek, which was all about Star Trek. And I know Joe's got some knowledge on Trek, so it'd be interesting to see what he knows on Wars. Well, if it's uh, one of the movies or any of the books, I've got you. Yeah, that's that's pretty much what we where we stick to. So we could go into a whole conversation about Thrawn. Yeah, yeah. We I, we kind of touched on that a little bit um, on our last episode. Oh, I think it would be just awesome if they went ahead and brought him in here in this next film. That's exactly where we were fan theorizing. <laughs> <laughs> well, look at that. <laughs> Who else nice. would be out there with the reserve fleet? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. But, I mean, uh, I'm, I'm kind of sitting back uh, waiting for uh, Chris to show us his voice acting skills on Chronicles. Hey, I gave you a drunk and a stoned <laughs> Ferran. Isn't that enough? They sounded the same. 
It's never enough. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, you guys are just trying to force them. I mean, I did give you uh, uh, Wonderlust, at least as the uh, for the uh, character introduction for whenever we decide to bring him in. Yes, yes, you did. Yep. You know, and and I, 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 I'm pretty excited to see that character. And I gave him an innocent yet snarky teenager voice. So. But but yeah, he's, he's, he's kind of sure. he's, he's kind of past the puberty stage. So I didn't want to do like the uh, the teenager from The Simpsons, like you know, with the voice cracking all the time. You right. guys, you guys don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> uh, you know, I didn't want to go That's that okay, far. That's okay because I I recognize the tone because I have a 17 year old son. There you oh, go. there you go. That <laughs> <laughs> snarky, really, Dad. Come on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that. Uh, uh, Wanderlust and um, Melwood will get along just fine. See, sure, I'm, they will. I'm so disappointed. <laughs> Till I explode him. <laughs> See, I'm so disappointed. I really am so disappointed because when I had one, when I created Wanderlust, like when I had the idea in my head, I thought the greatest interaction would be him and Hillman. Hillman, who believes he's a major general and is senile as shit, and Wanderlust, who believes he's a hero knight soldier from Kendermore. <laughs> You know, even though he's a kender, you know, um, mm-hmm. I would just love to see the interaction between the two. <laughs> yeah, that'll be fun. I would love to see it, but unfortunately, it looks like it's not going to be so, you know, but I remember when I created a character that was what was going through my head was like just the interaction between the two. Uh, Hillman trying to bark orders at him and him just being like, yeah, oh man, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because the, the, the way I envision, the the way I envision uh, Wonderlust, and I hate to say it this way, but I have no other way of describing it, but uh, World of Warcraft fans are definitely going to know what I'm talking about. He He's basically Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be all right. I'm, I'm sure... Killing him off will be easy enough. I mean, what? <laughs> what? I'm sorry, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm kind of disappointed that Billy got healed. I, I figured y'all would have left him for dead with a rock on his chest. Well, you need to talk to your boy about that. Scott's the one that left <laughs> that woke him up. <laughs> I don't think anyone uh, expressed to him that, that Billy's supposed to remain dead. Nobody, <laughs> nobody expressed it to him. He he dropped dead in the spoilers for those that have not seen season two, episode two yet. Uh, <laughs> but he dropped fucking dead, and all of us were like, "Oh well, back to the giants." Like, <laughs> <laughs> all I cared about is the rock missed me. <laughs> yeah, fuck getting, that other guy. And, and getting that next fireball queued up. Yep. Oh Lord! See that—that's—that's that's hilarious. What, what's uh, kind of getting behind the scenes here for Chronicles of the Lost Realm? Was he supposed to die? Was that meant to kill him off? Uh, to be one hundred percent honest, it was a pleasant surprise. <laughs> <laughs> it was desired, but not necessarily planned. <laughs> I, right, right. I—I I had no actual intentions of killing anybody. But my dice had different ideas that day. Well, here's and a, spoken like a true GM. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, here's a question, and I know it, it sounds dicey. Uh, you know, the uh, we let the dice decide. So, really, at the end of the day, it comes down to the roll. But uh, by the way, that's their little tagline. So, you know, and 
promotion. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> but the only character, if, if I'm fair to say here, the only character right now for season two that may be quote-unquote safe, and that's only if we continue with the Four Corners of Hell storyline afterwards, would be Ferran. Not not necessarily true. <laughs> Anybody is subject to the dice killing them. Look, George but... R. 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 Martin, we gotta protect the storyline here. No killing Jon Snow. Well, as as the DM, it's my job <laughs> to resolve any loose ends. So if if it seems like you know, you're watching a TV show and sometimes the episode feels a little rushed. If you start to get the sense that that's happening, you might want to expect that somebody's going to die pretty soon to resolve a storyline. <laughs> Which, again, is why we went back to episode three of season one to handle something that we were like, but you know what? It doesn't concern us. We're going to walk on. Oh, that's okay. We're still going to go back over some season one stuff here soon. Uh-oh. Got a surprise coming, fellas. <laughs> How the hell does he know more about this than I do now? Okay. <laughs> I know my character's background. <laughs> exactly. Yep. Oh, for Every... fuck's sake. He ties into something in the season one? Oh, yes, sir. Ah. Same Same as um, our newest member there. Uh, her... Her background ties into season one as well. Um, the only one that really doesn't have a direct tie-in for season one is Crow, Scott. He's the only one that he's a fresh character, if you will. <laughs> well, here, here's a question, and you know, obviously, don't answer if it's spoiler territory. Uh, with the original Stumble Crew, none of us, the, the three members that were there. Um, the th- three of us, none of us were from the Lost Realm. Like, Hillman and, and Ferran were from uh, Faerun, and Billy, well, Billy's just a character who needs to die. Uh, I mean, um, <laughs> he's, a, he's a meta character. What about these newcomers? How many of them are from the Lost Realm, and how many of them are the same deal, coming from one of the other realms and getting stuck into this little arena, if you will? Um, of... The three that joined, um, Crow and Melwood, are both of this realm. Um, uh, shoot, Valhanna is from the Feywild, so technically from another realm, but not entirely. Because we, because you guys were able to visit there before, right. she's not. She's not from a completely separate realm slash dimension. Like Billy and Faerun are, is she is she a Fey? I I missed that in the introduction, mostly because she, I was shocked about a female being in the group. Right, you're welcome. Thank uh, you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you cut so, us all with that one. Yeah, <laughs> she is uh, a Fey, um, but she's a uh, Eladrin, so she she does look like an elf. However, she looks like the elves before. They came to the material realm, so much more fae-like. Her ears are more pointed. She has the more purplish eyes kind of thing going on. Um, But she is a direct servant of the Raven Queen, which is why she made that comment about the Raven Queen sending her regards. 
I guess I have no need for that quill that I was supposed to write a letter for. Um, <laughs> but uh, oh, but you shall see. <laughs> but yeah, the ba- basically she's she's uh, the prettiest female elf you've seen since Legolas. Yeah, kind of, <laughs> sorta. Yeah. <laughs> But she, her only real um, difference between the uh, a normal elf is the fact that she gets um, misty step once per short rest, I believe it is. So she can kind of do a little thirty foot teleport, basically. <laughs> but it allows her as a rogue to sneak up behind people and shank them, as you all have seen. So. Well, we haven't seen her shank. We've seen her. Well, no, we we saw her shanking the giants, but she right. used the misty step to to slice that goblin's throat. She just she just pulled like a prison yard fucking. I'm going to give you a second smile. <laughs> oh yeah, and it was a good one. Yeah. I mean, we could have shock valued it. She could have like you know cut open the throat and then reached into the fucking wound and pulled out the fucking tongue. And giving him a necktie. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, so one thing you have to understand with this, with her character, is um, kind of a harken back to when you all met the Raven Queen herself. Is that she's not particularly evil, and she's not out to just kill people for you know shock destructive value. She's coldly indifferent. Which is, I believe, is something that we kind of talked about um, in the background of the show, like you know, after our after the show happened. Right. Uh, so she's not inherently evil. She just doesn't care. So if any of you were to die in front of her, she would probably just step over you rather than try to heal you. Well, hopefully, some of us will change that factor about her, at least in the the camaraderie of the group. And by some of us, I mean everybody but Billy. <laughs> everybody hates Billy. <laughs> Poor Fuck guy. Billy. Well, look from Gate when we first did this, and I and I and I offered to bring in uh, the, the the character for Ron and transfer him over from uh, our old show Gaming XP because that show canceled out after five episodes, and I never got to finish his arc, his story. And you told me that that. Keith was going to play a bard. What was my reaction? <laughs> I hate bards. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely cannot stand bard characters. So when Billy's when when Keith was like, "Yeah, I'm going to bring a bard in." I'm like, "Ah." <laughs> I was pretty excited when uh, Joe here said that he was going to be filling in the shoes of a wizard and uh one of my favorite character or class types is the wizard because they have a lot of uh uh spells at their disposal a lot of cool stuff that they can do which can be quite game altering and so when he said he was stepping in to fill a uh fill that role with hillman leaving i was very excited about that and his background just kind of came together very easily yeah Yeah, i'm real hard to work with there (laughs) <laughs> you know what? I may be thrilled that we have a new wizard, but he can only impress me if he's able to piss off the DM the way Hillman did. <laughs> I have not yet begun. Well, you, to have piss to under- off the DM. you have to understand when we were in the when we were in the Feywild, and we were getting ready to leave. As soon as the portal opened, in comes all these fucking goblins and this giant behemoth with a with a mirror helmed uh, helmet on. 
that controlled by the evil queen and shit. And that's where Ray decided to end that episode, and we had to wait a week to to find out how this battle was going to go and how it resolves and everything else. Well, the following episode, the first initiative was Hillman, who steps in between Billy and Ferran and launches a fireball and kills everything. It was done. It was, <laughs> and Ray was pissed because he was expecting this battle to last the whole episode. <laughs> it's well, what fireballs are for, right? <laughs> as long as we're doing kind of some behind-the-scenes stuff, um, both Scott and Katie can vouch because they were sitting on the other side of the table from me as we were recording. As soon as Joe you know, got his description of what he saw... And he said that he was heading in through the goblins, kind of doing the, oh, oh, excuse me, pardon me, coming through, make a hole. I actually kind of put my head down into my hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, I put it, put my hands against my forehead, and I was just like, oh, here we go again. How do I fix this? And that's when I had the goblin just all of a sudden have an intelligence of three and be like, Oh, well the boss said that nobody could come out. And that was, that's kind of my way to justify that. Cause I certainly didn't want Melwood to try and fight 15 to 20 goblins by himself. Again, oh, that, that would have just been a fireball alert. on my feet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is true. But I think the, you know, kind of getting away from the spoiler part of it, the, the new stumble crew, um, Chris had asked me what I thought of how things are going from the two episodes that we did. I can honestly say, I really think that people are going to absolutely love this season. Well, we got a lot of crazy, uh, crazier crackpot characters, I think, you know, cause we got, we got the, the Irish drunkard wizard who obviously has There's like, nothing drunkard about him. He's trying to get to the drunkness. He just <laughs> never succeeds. <laughs> <laughs> he's Irish. He get, there's too much already in his bloodstream for him to get drunk. Yeah. Help, help, there's blood in my alcohol level. Uh, exactly. <laughs> you know, and then the completely out of left field doctor, which... Uh, with the most annoying voice. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to shoot that guy. <laughs> you know, uh, and then the, the no, not, like... Uh, I'll be honest with you. I, I love Katie. I love Katie to death. I love her character because she's going to allow Ferran to have some personality. She's so no nonsense that Ferran could actually have a personality. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> well, in, in season one, I was a straight guy. We had, we had Billy doing Billy's things and Hillman being the complete comedy relief. Mm-hmm. That I had to be the, the the straight guy and the leader. Well, she's so cold blooded and matter of fact. It's like, well, okay, you handle it. Okay, <laughs> I can actually yeah. let forgive the pun here. Ferran let down his hair a little bit. There you go. And especially with this budding drug and alcohol addiction, he seems to be building. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think Melwood's going to be wanting a little bit of that medicine himself. <laughs> <laughs> I think that, that that would actually be highly entertaining. I would like to uh, see a drunken wizard in combat sometime. I'd, 
I'd have to come up with some way of uh, you try to cast the spell that you're after, but roll a d20 to see what spell you actually cast. <laughs> <laughs> that could be bad since I created him purely as a battle mage. <laughs> exactly. I want to cast a level three fireball. There's only one. There's only one enemy over there. But you're drunk. You see three. Okay, then I want to cast three level one fireballs. One of them will hit. <laughs> I got the fireball for each of you. <laughs> see, this is this is where it's good. I might just have you roll. Uh, since presently we don't have a. Uh, um, anybody to fill the spot of the sorcerer, um, particularly the wild-blooded sorcerer. I might just have you roll on that chart when you're when you actually get drunk. The wild randomness chart, just to see what'll happen. Oh, that could Lord. be fun. Oh Lord! And every, then you know, if it comes out really cool, everybody's like, "Wow, how'd you do that?" <laughs> it must be this medicine. <laughs> and, and every- I'll just respond. Uh, I, I have to I have to throw an amendment to that though on the wild thing. If anything backfires, until he is gone, whatever backfires is aimed at Billy. Oh yeah, it's <laughs> Billy's fault. Billy, you got in the way. Billy, what are you doing? Like it, it like if he farts a firebolt, it Billy's standing behind him. Oh, <laughs> whatever I can do to kill Billy, huh? <laughs> oh, we'll help. If I'm standing behind him and he farts a fireball, I pull Billy in front of me. Backblast, just stay 20 feet back. I'll just have more giants show up to throw rocks at Billy. That seems to be pretty effective. You know what, though? There is an irony of it, and I didn't think about it when we recorded it, but I'm thinking about it now. There is an irony that the one and only rock that hit Billy crushed him. There yeah, is, just bam. There is an irony to it, because in the, uh, in the ending of season one, when... Billy and Hillman were in the library, and Billy thought it was funny to crush Hillman underneath yeah. the fucking book. That's called karma. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. I hadn't even thought of that one. <laughs> That's called karma. I'm thinking about it now. I wasn't thinking about it then. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. That that's some that's some great shit. But again, guys, that that's what you can look forward to by subscribing at the YouTube channels to either Realm of the Mist Entertainment or specifically at Sounds Dicey Gaming. Uh, the links will be in the description down below. Um, actually, we prefer you to sub to both. But you know, uh, if you're only interested in the role playing stuff, go to Sounds Dicey. That's where Chronicles of the Lost Realm is. And every Tuesday, we will be releasing an episode of Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Uh, including uh, Season 2, Episode 1, coming this Tuesday. So, you guys can go check that out and see what we're talking about now. Uh, But also, make sure Patreon support right here. $1 gives you After Hours, gives you other exclusive content. We're talking about bringing in, uh, like, the behind the scenes uh, of Chronicles of the Lost Realm being Chronicles by, by the Campfire. Uh, that will be exclusive to Patreon, and many other things are going to be coming that you can only get if you are a supporter. So, trust me, we're going to try to make it make your dollar worth your while. Hell yeah! <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, Joe. This, I, I've got I got to dig into you a little bit here. Uh, this is the second time you've come to Realm of the Mist Entertainment. The first time, as I stated, you were one of the panelists uh, involved with uh, Talking Trek. 
I don't remember if you were involved with a, uh, America's Pop Culture magazine a little a, at all or not. Yeah, I I, uh, I came on kind of as a co-host there for Dan for a little while. Okay, yay. Because I, he uh, was so excited about everybody I knew. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, see, I don't, I don't, I don't try to dig uh, into people's stuff. I, w- I will do stuff like I like I did at the beginning of the episodes. Like, hey, he's a producer and a director. Ray wants to kind of break into that business. Let me. Let me introduce those two, but I, I never want to exploit other people's stuff. No, it was a lot of fun because he would have a you know a, a Star Trek guest on, and he would go to introduce us, and then we'd be like, "Hey, what's going on, buddy? How long? We haven't talked in a while." Blah blah blah, and <laughs> it kind of caught him off guard. Uh, then we'd start chatting online at the same time that we're on the show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's talk about this. Um, so it was a lot of fun. I, I miss Dan doing stuff with him. I see he's so big into his wrestling stuff right now. That's pretty much his total focus. Well, um, well let me ask you something, Joe. Uh, with, with the with the return to to Realm Limits Entertainment, uh, with being the character of, of uh, 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 for Chronicles of the Lost Realm, um, how does it feel to be back? And and do you notice the difference uh, within the company from when you were with us previously, which was like what two years ago? Um, yeah, I think, well, about two years ago, and then we, we, you were part of the uh, thing Dan was trying to do with the episodic show too, right? Yeah, I'm still writing the book. Last year. I'm still writing the book. (laughs) (laughs) Where we were, where we were um, doing the sci-fi universe thing. Academy Earth. Academy Earth. I was supposed to be the character, uh, Lieutenant Commander Christopher Lord Cook. Right, right. And I was uh, Captain Michael O'Grady. Wow, another Irishman. <laughs> I see a trend. <laughs> so yeah, that was just what last year. I think we did our our last episode where we were trying that in December, October, November, December, right in there. I never, I never did the actual live acting. Oh, you never got on the show with us. Okay, no, I just remember you um, being listed. I was supposed to be listed. I was supposed to be uh, one of the main characters that he was putting into this new. Uh, rendition of Academy Earth, because uh, for those that don't know, Academy Earth was originally a uh, college radio broadcast, I believe he said. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and understand, Dan's at that age where college radio back then was damn near like, you know, uh, Morse code over the wire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so the characters that were in this rendition are completely new from the characters that he had when he was doing that back when he was, you know, younger. So <clears throat> I was supposed to be one of the, one of the, the main characters. And I, I forget, I think it was just uh scheduling conflicts. I couldn't be on when he wanted to record. Right. Right. Cause we were uh, going out live on uh radio cast FM. Right. So, and his time, the time he ended up with the time slot, it was, was a little rougher than the, uh, we had been dealing with with um, like pop cult, America's pop culture, and uh, yeah, the time was. I'll I'll even admit I had a rough time getting on it. Right. But as far as coming back to uh, Realms of the Mist, I'm having a great time. Um, <laughs> this has been a blast. The the recording of the two episodes yesterday, and then then knocking out this. I'm having a good time. Matter of fact, I've got some shows I'm trying to get off the ground that I may just be bringing to you. Oh, well, okay. I'm I'm curious. What do we got? Um, I've got one I'm trying to put together called The Captain's Chair, and it is basically going to be a talk show interview show while I'm at conventions. That's nice. awesome. 
so you know getting the celebs that are at all these conventions pulling them aside and doing a, a 20 or 30 minute interview with them um that sounds like a patreon show yeah i'm thinking <laughs> the same thing patreon show we can really push it um that one will be a lot of fun to do uh then i have a movie show so if we're willing to go you know full-on podcast with video we are I'm trying to put together one called witching hour with medusa Okay. And kind of a Elvira type character. Except she'll be playing herself a lot smarter. <laughs> and watching old old sci-fi and horror and then also trying to get some of the actors from those old movies on as guests at the same time. So almost like a Mystery Science Theater 3000 where they're sitting there commentating over the movie itself. Exactly, but it's, you know, fully into the movie and with the actors from the film if possible. Nice. Now, see, I'm, I'm completely down with, with uh, video. Um, now, are we talking about you want the characters seen on screen? That's going to be the difficult thing uh, because of the, unless everybody records their video individually because one of the issues is one of the, progr- the programs that we use for recording, it used to allow Skype uh, videos to be recorded and all, and then things have changed, and it's damn near impossible to find a way of recapturing video recording. That's why everything's all audio podcast and Realm of the Mist right now. Right. Um, but, I mean, if we're talking about it not being live, and everybody wanted to record their, their individual cameras and then send it to me, I could edit it together. That's not an issue. Yeah, and we're looking at a, a set that we'll have set up. Um, Even better. So the green... So the full green screen with, with you know her couch or whatever in front of it, and uh, so the movie <laughs> will come up on the green screen, you know, edit it in, and uh, hopefully you know we can actually get the guests to show up live. That's even better. Yeah, that's even. Yeah, that's, so just that's, you know, basically it's just one one or two cameras we set up, we go back and forth, we post it, make sure we've got everything we want on the green screen stuff done, and then ready to go. Hell, that that's easy enough, and then you just you know. Uh, I don't know if you want to send it to me or I'll just give you access to the, the channel stuff to be able to upload when you're done. Um, of course, we'd have to come up with like an intro and everything else to put towards it. So a little bit of editing work, but that, right. that's doable. That That's absolutely doable. Yeah, and, and as you see, I've got my uh, our logo editing all ready to go. If you've been over to Steamhouse Entertainment <laughs> and watched our uh, title card play across the front, the top of the screen. I, I I've been I'm over hinting, and I hit like to go over there now. Yeah, I, I I've been over to hit the like button. <laughs> I have not explored the page yet. I, I'll I'll be I'll be fair. I haven't explored it yet. But then again, to be fair, people are probably like, "Oh, what an asshole!" No, seriously, <laughs> he'll tell you. I've spent the whole weekend thus far up until this point editing and uploading videos. Oh. I... <laughs> I totally get it. I have, <laughs> I do. I, I have twenty one Facebook pages that I'm managing right now. Wow! Um, so I spend an awful lot of time on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I spend a lot of time on Instagram, Twitter, because that's part of the thing. Is you know we got to get this stuff out there mm-hmm. and promote it. And as I, I started doing it, same thing with this. You know, I think I've posted on five or six different pages today about Realms of the Mist and. Chronicles of the Lost Realm. 
which is awesome. And then, see, Joe, Joe gets it, and I, I don't mean to put anybody on blast, but that, that's kind of what I've always tried to say within Realm of the Mist is that, yes, you know, as, as the CEO, it, it's my job mainly to promote the shows, which I do tremendously. You know, when I'm not editing and recording, I'm out pushing the shows. I don't know if you noticed recently I've shared out on a whole bunch of different podcasting and uh, gaming group chats and shit like that about like subscribing to our channels and you know share for share and you know uh, stuff of that nature. I'm constantly doing that, but it helps if everybody does it because everybody's got a different group of friends and you know word of mouth that that could get it out there. And that's that's what I'm always trying to impress upon to everybody within Realm of the Mist. Right, and I don't know who has IMDb pages besides me. But there is actually a section in the bottom where you can add things like uh, webcasts and and radio shows that you're you're part of, um, so that when somebody looks at your page, you don't have just your film and TV credits. You have some of the radio and that other stuff that you're doing down at the bottom. I have not looked into IMDb yet. I, I have thought about it, but I haven't looked into it yet to, for for Realm of the Mist and really creating some uh, some profile bios for every show and every on-air talent and <laughs> yeah a, i mean it's that's a lot of work <laughs> it's a lot of work i spend a lot of time on imdb working on the different films who's going to be part of them uh you know for those of you that are into horror films we have got joe castro has signed on to work uh on last battleship with us as our head of the special effects department nice um, for anybody who you know doesn't know, but likes horror, Joe is amazing. He did uh, Face Off on TV. He has done way too many movies. Uh, Eighty-six different titles that he's done special effects for over the years. And I mean, so if you've seen like Terror Tunes or Ghost House. I'm looking at his IMDb now. <laughs> it's just huge to see all the different movies that he has got. He's the guy who created all the uh, special effects for him, all <laughs> the creature effects. I guess the one he's known really big for, I think it's in Terror Tunes, is where the face is actually peeled back off of the skull okay. on screen. Nice. Yeah, it's an awesome scene. <laughs> see, I, we're so, talking. We're talking about horror movies. I just, I just realized yesterday. Um. You know, because Friday night we did the uh, we did the Chronicles of the Lost Realm, and then I went out with my girl, like I promised her a night out. And then yesterday I did the uh, uh, Press A Gaming podcast with uh, with Keith. And after we were done, I went out, you know, doing my normal Saturday night food shopping and getting shit for the week. And uh, we wound up at Walmart, and we're you know perusing the DVD section and all that. I never, I didn't know a new Critters movie came out. <laughs> Well, you are out in the middle of nowhere, huh? You... <laughs> like I knew, I knew Critters was having a TV show on Shutter, but I didn't know they created a new movie. Huh? Yeah, they... that, that I think I just saw the trailer for it too. Mm-hmm. I think I was looking for it now. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that trailer again? <laughs> Like, I knew about the new binge on Shudder, which I've been looking for a way of seeing it without you paying for Shudder, because, eh. 
<laughs> I have enough <laughs> streaming services. Um, <laughs> you know, I have found since I got rid of cable and went to straight streaming on everything through Roku, I'm actually saving like 150 a month. Nice. Even paying for the streaming services. Um, just because cable had gotten so high and then you had to add everything on. Oh, I know, I know. And I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Like, I, I've seen all of Game of Thrones and never once had a subscription to HBO. <laughs> I'm not paying you, HBO. <laughs> ah, there it is. It's uh, Critters, a new binge. Yeah, the new binge is Shudder. It's a Shudder TV show. There was a, there's a new yep. movie, too. And or Critters new Attack. I think it's Critters Attack. Oh, and it's got Dee Wallace in it. Oh, I will have to send her a message and ask her how fun that was. <laughs> like, I was blown away. I'm like, I knew there was four Critters movies, and I was excited for the new binge because, like, hey, the Critters are back. But, like, my jaw dropped last night, and I'm like, fuck, if only it was a pay week, I'd be buying that movie. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, but, uh, nah, so I'm, I'm going to be... I, that's a heads up, everybody. I will be giving a review of the new Critters movie probably next weekend. Um. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Going to have to sit down and watch it now. Thanks. You're welcome. Right? <laughs> See, I'm not the only one that got blown away by it. I'm like, when the fuck did this come out? <laughs> yeah, it was It was a surprise. I was like, I'd heard nothing about anybody working on it. And See, that's strange. And I, I usually at least hear something about new projects or... Well, it, it seems like it was a straight-to-DVD, but, I mean, at the same time, it's like, what? when did this come out? And uh, you were the person I expected to tell me, you know, like, oh, yeah, and, and so-and-so worked on it, so, like, even you didn't know about it, so it's like... Shit. Right, I mean, it was it was kept very tight to the chest and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Which seems like a terrible, terrible way to... Promote. To promote a movie. Yeah, well, you know, it may backfire on them, but I think since they're going straight to stream and video, um, the whole surprise is going to get everybody buzzing. Well, hell, we're giving them free promotion right now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's got us buzzing about it. How do they sneak that past us? You know, geez. Well, so I think that might actually turn out to be a good thing. Well, speaking speaking of uh, things, I'll, I'll, I'll attack both of you guys, and we'll, we'll stay in the genre that we all really pretty much enjoy. We got a movie director, producer here, and we're going to talk about fantasy movies and, and all, and how, obviously, forgetting about, like, Lord of the Rings, because we know Lord of the Rings was a masterpiece success, but I'm thinking along the lines of, like, uh, who remembers the Dragonlance cartoon movie? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I kind of remember Vaguely, it. yeah. I more remember the... Um... Actual cartoon series that was on TV. Well, that that's where I was going. And of course, we got we got the live action Dungeons and Dragons movies, which I was shocked to find out there was three of them. I only yep. have two. Um, <laughs> I watched all three, and quite honestly, I don't hate them as much as people do. But I accept them for what they are. I, I look at them as more as like Dungeons and Dragons satire than actual Dungeons and Dragons representation. Kind of like you have to look at the five Mythica movies. Right, you know, it's, it's like it, it, it's it's loosely based on. It's not actually Dungeons and Dragons, yeah. right? Um, 
what would what do you think it would take to finally produce a decent dungeon whether it's uh one of the book series like a live action dragon lads or forgotten realms type uh type film mm. or or hell a live action fucking chronicles of the lost realm and make it decent like what 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 would what what would you get in your guys' opinion what would it take to make a movie like that that would rival something like Lord of the Rings or Star Wars as far as uh, film mastery. Wow, that's a heavy, heavy question. Um, <laughs> for one, it's going to take the, the first step is going to have to be the script writers. I mean, right. We're going to yeah. have to write an epic um, and not worry about hurting feelings or, you know, PC, because there's just no way to do Dungeons and Dragons and be politically correct. <laughs> we have if you've listened to previous uh, realm of the mist podcast you know how i feel about pc culture and in, in movies it ruins the films oh absolutely and it, now it's given the writers a, a way out just to be lazy mm-hmm. and, and i hate lazy writing that is probably <laughs> you know when i read a script and i'm just going oh come on uh, you well, can't introduce the bad guy two minutes before the film ends well i you, mean you've got to give hints through there you it's just lazy writing. Well, I mean, it also goes along the lines of, and, and understand, I'm not a person who who has an issue with people, but like, I'm going to use the superhero genre for an example here, where they're constantly changing the sexuality or the races of established characters. I have an issue with that, not because I have an issue with like somebody, a person of color or, or uh, LGBTQ character being introduced into movies or whatever, I have an issue with you changing established characters instead of just being creative and create a new character designed to be what you want them to be. Exactly. You know, I think... That's that's my issue as well, especially as a comic fan. uh, Books and and the movies. Um, I do get tired of these fanboys that jump on complaining about that exact thing, PC, but totally wrong. Because, oh, now the Hulk is a female? No, guys, She-Hulk's been around a long time. Right. But, that, but that's, kind of, that's kind of the point. It's like, there's a She-Hulk, so why would you turn the Incredible Hulk female? The, 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 that's the fine line difference, you know? Um, right. But, you, the, know. you know, these guys have got to understand, if the character was already there, it's not Marvel or Disney changing it. Uh, it's an established character. Right. Um, Lady Thor. Established character in the comics. Nothing new. Uh, She-Hulk, established character. Not a big deal that they're bringing it, they're making the movie. They're not taking Hulk and making him a woman. They're having She-Hulk. Um, I get I get that. And it's just like uh, like what launched Breaking the Fourth Wall. Uh, one of the first things was that, that I talked about was uh, uh, source material versus... Uh, you know, establishment or whatever. Uh, but essentially what started it off was the launch of Ironheart. But when she was first introduced, she wasn't introduced as Ironheart. She was introduced as Iron Man. And you're talking about a character, Riri uh, Williams, who is a 15-year-old black girl taking up the mantle of Iron Man. I had an issue with that. That was just doing it for the sake of doing it. But, of course, they fixed the storyline af- after that episode where she became Iron Heart and she was basically Tony's protege and replacement because Tony retired. Right. 
that completely changed my point of view. When I did that episode, it looked like they were just deciding we're going to put a black female here who's a teenager because instead oh, of, and instead of fleshing it out like they did, it's like no, she's going to be the new replacement for Tony who doesn't want to do it anymore. And that that I you know I can get behind that that that's a storyline to push it forward. Same as like a lot of people had an issue with Endgame, but those are the people that never read a comic book where. Captain America passed the shield to to Sam to Falcon. Mm-hmm. Well, dumbasses, Sam became Captain America in the comics. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine with it as long as the storyline itself makes sense. Oh, and that's the that's the whole point. So, and creating a new character should not be hard for these people. <laughs> I mean, yeah, they're not Stan Lee. They're they're right. not Kirby. It's comics. Create a brand new character that's going to be awesome and get a book and a movie out there about them. There's no need to go and take other stuff and completely mess it up. Well, that's exactly it. And and like, you know, like I said, I'm fine with having somebody who represents LGBTQ. I'm fine with somebody who represents a person of color or whatever the case may be, as long as it's original. Right. You know, or I don't, that's how they were written. Or that's originally. how they how they yeah. were written. Uh, I don't want to see an established character who, at the time, may have been a white male or a white female, whatever, and then just changed for the sake of changing. The perfect example I can give is like DC's Titans, where they changed Starfire. Right. For example, there was no rhyme or reason to Starfire being how she is in the in the TV show. Or the the, the uh, petition that went around to make Wonder Woman gay. Which, by the way, for those that put the petition around, again, read a comic book. She's from an island, Amazon island full of women. And even in the first movie, she mentioned that sexually, they've all pretty much been with each other anyway. She's bisexual anyway. It's implied. Right. It's right there. <laughs> it's right there. You just want it out in the forefront. You don't need it out in the forefront. A fleeting line was enough. She was with women while she was on, uh, what is it, Minascara? I think it's the name of the, the, the island. Yeah. You know, you're right a, there. A, a, until she ran into uh, fucking Captain Kirk. I can't, can't, remember, <laughs> can't remember his name. <laughs> Chris Pine's character. You know, until she ran into him. And, and that was really her first interaction with a male Right, and she was very attracted all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> so the storyline's already there. That's fine, but you know, I, I don't get it. Like, uh, what what's that new petition now that everybody's pissed off about because Disney shot it down? Oh, Elsa in Frozen Two will not have a girlfriend. Right. Who cares? Yeah. What's <laughs> the need? <laughs> it's a cartoon first of all <laughs> right why does it matter right it's a cartoon it's directed towards kids who don't need sexuality in their faces to begin with exactly well and, no, no matter what it is and three who cares you know and and the response I, I read from disney it makes perfect sense like first off i understand disney doesn't want to do something like that because they make a lot of money in markets like china mm-hmm. right 
China does not want LGBTQ bullshit in their movies. You know, the movies that come over to them. So, if you want to sell to China, you leave that out. Right. That being said, though, Disney's response, I thought, was very professional and understanding. We're not having her have a girlfriend. She's not going to have anybody, male or female. She's still learning how to be her. Yep. So yep. what's what's the issue? Okay, it's not like they're having her be all about, you know, all about the dick instead of the vagina. She's not all about any of that. She's trying to figure out herself and her place in the world with her ice powers. Right. Which I thought we established in Frozen 1, but it, that's fine, Frozen 2. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so get over it. Not everything has to have a representation for everybody. Look, I'm not complaining that they don't have a representation for me in the movie Roots. Well. <laughs> you know, leave Ooh, it wow, alone. You went there. I went there. <laughs> I went there. Leave it alone. Yeah, classic, perfect movie. Yeah, leave it alone. You know, it, I'm so sick and tired of that argument. It's like everything has to be in this PC culture now, and... You know, God forbid if you ever turn around and say anything about stop doing that. Fuck that. <laughs> stop doing that. You're alienating your audiences. You're pissing off. You're polarizing your audiences. And quite honestly, it's damaging the films and the scripts. Right. Which leads us right back to how do we get a decent script for a Dungeons & Dragons style movie. <laughs> yeah, I actually have a, um, a gay woman cast in The Last Battleship, and uh, she is going to be playing the master gunnery sergeant in charge of the Marine detachment on board. So a bunch of kids that you know are young Marine kind of a thing. Right. And I had actually gotten a message from the actress saying, please don't have me hitting on all the kids and everything else, every female that comes around. And I'm like, why would I do that? The way we're going to show that your, your character's gay is a picture of your wife. On your desk. Reasonable. See, that's, see, that's tasteful. Like I, I'm, I'm reminded to the uh, Star Trek reboots, where everybody made a big, including George Takai, made a big deal about Su- Sulu being gay, and the representation of Sulu being gay was he met up and gave a hug to his husband and picked up their adopted daughter and walked away. Right. That was tasteful to me. Where was the issue? <laughs> well, and, you know, I, I, she and I are good friends, and I'm like, I've never seen you throw it at anybody's face anyway. Mm-hmm. Why does it need to be, why can't, I want this to be real, not forced. Right. And just having a nice picture, this is your wife, great. Now, the Everybody only... knows your, your preferences now. Big deal. The only next way... thing they're going to see you is is running through the ship with a whole group of Marines behind you. Well, was about, In was formation, about... jogging. <laughs> I was about to say, another way <laughs> Another way you could have uh, established it, too, is have some young fucking, like, you know, cocksure pilot come up and, and hit on her and her turn around like, yeah, yeah, you're not my type. Not my type, buddy. Yeah, and that would have left the end of it. Right. You know what I mean? Same thing. You establish that the character is LGBT without shoving it down everybody's throat. Right. 
because it's every day. I don't care. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> That's one thing but people I have, have to remember. I need to establish it for the film, otherwise somebody will say something. But the stupid thing is, it's like you also got to think of it this way. In, in, in that film, those characters are at work. You don't bring your fucking sexuality to your workplace. Exactly. And she's a master gunnery sergeant. She's been in the service a long time. She's a professional. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm going to show. You know, she's a total professional. Mm-hmm. So I, I had a talk with the actress and calmed her down. She was a little worried about it. I was like, no, 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 not even close to how your character's being written. So you're fine. <laughs> that's uh, awesome. And it's because, you know, and the actress herself is LGBT, is uh, LGBTQ. Now so she, she was concerned about that. And I'm going to use a picture of her real wife on her desk. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Uh, because I'm I'm friends with her too. <laughs> She's all comes up with her and we do conventions together and hang out a lot. Um, you know, she's a wonderful person. Did you say everybody knows it's Tracy Lee Coco who uh, was in like 86 episodes of Star Trek the Next Generation was in the first 3 movies of Next uh, Generation of Next Generation and then played aliens in both Voyager and Deep Space 9. Huh. So she's done a lot of Star Trek. She was the helmsman with the kind of the shaved hair on the side and it went up. Oh, yeah. In real dark hair. And she was also a stunt coordinator for the series. That's awesome. So whenever you see somebody flying through the air, she was usually that person during the explosion. (laughs) (laughs) And it was really cool because her uniform changed colors frequently on the show. (laughs) <laughs> so you know one time she's ops then she's <laughs> security and then she's engineering and then she's medical or sciences uh, <laughs> the biggest way to remember remember data's concert yes uh, where everybody's falling asleep or because he keeps going forever she mm-hmm. was picard's date at the concert oh okay that's awesome that is cool now, and see- she is a wonderful wonderful person and i adore her now, see, you're you're bringing it up to the point where, like, you know, with with breaking the fourth wall, being back and being one on one interviews. You're now you're making me want to exploit your fan, your your friends, because <laughs> those are people <laughs> I can interview. <laughs> well, a lot of my friends don't have a problem getting on shows. There you go. <laughs> Let them so, know. <laughs> uh, I could start working on that for you. I have no problem. Uh, I'm sure Manu would be more than happy to come on board. Uh, Manu Interreme, and and nice. do an interview. Nice. He is hilarious. Um, he's really, he and Tracy are both right now really pushing hard to get their characters to at least get an appearance in Star Trek Picard. Um, oh, that'd be really cool. That would be yeah. cool. I really think Tracy deserves it since she was in so many episodes and she never received credit. Well, what about STD? Did either of them even want to go on STD? No. Um, <laughs> for one, it would be definitely backwards for them. Uh, I'd like to see Tracy would like to come on and be like Picard's chief of staff or something. Right. No. Um, you know, it would have been a good position. She was with him so many years on the ship. She just followed along. And now that they brought seven and nine, of course, Manu has that whole in being the other board, mm. you know, being each, each from Voyager. That's who he was. Okay. Thank you. Yeah. Well, so I'm like, I knew the name, but I'm trying to picture the character. 
<laughs> yeah, so that gives him the in if they ever want to bring his character on. Well, I mean, if they ever are bored and want something to do, I mean, you can uh, you can try your hand at being captain, and I'll do what I do best and run a game of Star Trek Adventures. Oh, that could be cool, actually, with actual Star Trek actors. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that could be a lot of fun. Somebody get uh, we- somebody get Will Wheaton. <laughs> I will. I will only do it if Will Wheaton's on the show, and I get the opportunity to say, "Shut up, Wesley." Yeah, well, you know, he does not respond well to that at all it, in real life, he, which is exactly really why I not. want to do it. Because <laughs> it would be the only episode he ever did. Um, right. Now, you know what? <laughs> I, sure he... You know what? I got nothing but love for for Will Wheaton. I I really do. But uh, I I did do that to him when he was blasting. When he was go- when he was going full SJW on Twitter one time, and he was blasting anybody who doesn't agree with the points of view that he had, my simple response under my own personal Twitter account was "Shut the fuck up, Wesley." <laughs> yeah, you've gone too far now. But yeah, actually, we, he and I do not know each other. We have never met personally or spoken. Um, I know he's a huge gamer. That's mm-hmm. why. That's why I was after him for such a long time until I saw that that uh, that post, and I'm just like. Yeah, I don't want people bringing their politics to the shows. That's that's a lot of problem. I'm, I've got to really work hard with this new one, the captain's chair, to keep that from happening. Um, well, there's there's some shows like Realm of the Mist podcast where I allow it because I I speak my mind, you right? Know? And and I I make no secret of the fact that I'm you know I'm right of center, but in this day and age, I might as well just be considered conservative. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, in nature. And I don't buy into the, the politically correct culture. I don't buy into the SJW bullshit, you know. And and I don't have a stomach for people that do. I have no problem with people having their own points of view and opinions. And if their opinions differ from mine, I'm fine with that. But when you tell me I'm a racist or a misogynist because I'm wrong and you're right, right off the bat, right. you're an asshole. Fuck you. And unfortunately, Will Wheaton wound up in that category with what he was posting. Right. Right. And and I consider myself, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a true centrist. Okay. So, you know, I spent years as a conservative, moved more to the center because everything is so far to each side now. It's scary. That's why I say I'm right of center. Like uh, there's plenty of liberal policies or, or left policies that I agree with. Exactly. But I'm Um, more conservative by nature. And yes, here's where I make everybody stop listening to the shows. I voted for Donald Trump. And I'm voting for him again in 2020. (laughs) Well, there goes our Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) The one that we had. (laughs) But But guess what? That doesn't mean I have an issue with you having a difference of opinion than me. It just right. means respect the fact that I have a different opinion. Yeah, I mean, has he done things that are good for the country? Absolutely. I believe so. Do I wish he would get off Twitter? Absolutely. Uh, that, 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 <laughs> that's, that's the thing I was going to say is Donald Trump for 2020, but somebody please just in the White House, make it a security issue or something and just take, take his keyboard the away. phone away from him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because... Uh, he's he's terrible with that, and, but I mean he has done great things for this country. Unfortunately, I think it's all going to be marred in history as the president who kept his promises, or majority of his promises, but was hated for it. Right. 
Yep. And that's a damn that, shame. And this is coming from is, somebody, even yeah. though I voted for Donald Trump in 2016, because I knew Hillary Clinton was, a, you know, a terrible choice. And I sure as shit, as an American patriot, don't want fucking Bernie Sanders and his socialist agenda. You know, Trump was kind of my only choice. But guess what? Back at the first uh, uh, first term, I voted for Obama. That if that's not different ends of the coin, I don't know what the fuck is. Right. <laughs> but right. where did his promises go? That that's why I didn't vote for him on the second term. Exactly. <laughs> I think a lot of us are the same way there. If we'd seen the promises being made, he did had no problem. Um that's why Trump will probably end up getting twenty twenty. You know what? enough people recognize that he has kept his promises. Well, it's not. It's not just that, that what he's what he's uh, kept the promises he's kept. I think it's also the the, the left has the, the the Democratic Party has been shooting itself in the foot. Oh, with what's been coming, you know, especially the presidential uh, candidates and and all, and then people like AOC and Ilhan Omar, they have been shooting themselves in the foot so hard. They are alienating everybody that may have voted Democrat. To begin with, with with their, some of their agendas and and their their buzzwords and 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 all, they're they're pushing most people to Trump. It it it's going to be. I hate to say it this way. It's going to be a landslide. Yeah, that's not going to surprise me at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and you're right. It's they've done it to themselves. It's not Trump winning. It's them making Trump win. Well, exactly. That's how they lost the first round. They they handed it to him with all their own infighting and who's going to be in charge and what we're going to talk about and nobody knew what they stood where they stood. <laughs> there was no party involved. There were 15 different people saying I should have been the one. Right. But I'll tell you what, but let, let's, uh, we, we're, we're, we're past an hour here. I'm going to throw one more question, bringing it back to entertainment, so that way we're not ending it on politics. Though I don't give a shit, we could have talked about politics. Um, I threw the joke out there when we were trying to figure out how we can create a decent D&D movie. I'll throw it to you guys, especially. Knowing the char- established characters of Chronicles of the Lost Realm, who would play who in a feature film? Oh wow! <laughs> we we have a rather large cast, so it it would be hard to come up with people right off the top of my head, honestly. Like who 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 could you see playing playing the main stumble crew? Let let's just say that, which is you know what right now five people. Um, John Leguizamo as Billy. <laughs> wow oh, right off the bat there <laughs> i just thought i'd throw that out there we'll start with a start with a laugh <laughs> um. that's an interesting one i can't wait for keith to hear this one <laughs> i get the fucking um. guy from the pest <laughs> Honestly, I think for a more um, stern character, as as people have only seen so far through season one, I think for um, Faron, I would go. This is just Ray 
I would say probably Vigo Mortensen or maybe even Sean Bean. Nice. I, I got to go with Vigo, though, because Sean Bean dies and everything. Yeah, I was just going to say, we're going to kill you? <laughs> <laughs> Again? Foreshadowing. <laughs> hey, hey! <laughs> Not till after four corners. Then do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking Mailwind would have been good with a uh, young Colin Farrell. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> Having that attitude, I'm better than you. Uh, he plays that very well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I think that would be perfect. And I do love his accent when he actually is allowed to use it. See, I, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I think I would have said uh, Ewan McGregor. <laughs> you know, but like, train, but like train spotting Ewan McGregor, not, not Obi-Wan Kenobi Ewan McGregor. Well, right. that's the problem. He's he's Obi Wan Kenobi now. Yeah, I know. Right? Yeah, that's, he that's is so typecast. Uh, but I do remember Train Spotting. Okay. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> well, you got your one up on everybody else then. <laughs> <laughs> and to disagree with Ray a little bit, I always seen Ferran more as like an Idris Elba. Okay. Ooh, okay. I like that. Actually. Or maybe even a uh, Jamie Farr. Because he's okay. a drow. It's got you know. If we're live actioning it, it's got to be an African American character, right? We don't want a white character in blackface. So that's just not a good idea. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, just forget. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I would, I would go that route, and I think either one of those two would be who I could envision being how I portray Ferran. <laughs> I think Jamie, because of the fact that. Ferran does have the drunken stone switch of personality. <laughs> yeah. Jimmy <laughs> Farr could pull that off. <laughs> Quite well, actually. <laughs> Who would be the blighted crow? <laughs> wow, that's going to be a hard one. Um... I don't know. What do you guys yeah. think? I I got nothing on that one. <laughs> yeah, I have nothing. I'm sitting here like, wow. Um, well, uh, Jim Carrey. I could see him possibly getting into that character. We know he could do the voicing, the annoying voice. You can almost Ace Ventura him. <laughs> true, <laughs> true. And it doesn't matter what he looks like because it'll be behind the, the crow mask. Um, I don't know the name of the actual character or the actor for it, but I kind of see him as, um, the, uh, that crazy old man from the never ending story. (laughs) Just with a crow's mask on. He made it. (laughs) He made it. (laughs) There we go. Billy, uh, the Blighted Crow gets played by Billy Crystal. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> <laughs> you think right. they don't have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> It'll take a miracle. Uh, <laughs> go through his pocket for loose change. Um, all right. Well, then the final one. Who who would play? Who would play Katie's character, Val Valhanna? 
Ooh, um... Who's our resident badass? Hmm. I don't know on this one. Like a, like a dark and mysterious femme fatale. <laughs> a young Linda Carter. Or not Carter, excuse me, Linda Hamilton. Okay. Yeah, I was thinking, <laughs> wow, those are going to get in the way. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mist walkie, yeah, that's not what she's doing. Um, <laughs> Wonder Woman, yeah, the, the, the fucking portal opens up and they come in two minutes before she does. Who's sneaking up? Oh, those are sneaking up on me. No, that's not a bad thing. <laughs> that's how they stand there, letting her slit their throat. They're too mesmerized <laughs> by what's coming forth. My eyes are up here. It's a good thing you're not looking at them. (laughs) No, uh, no, young Linda Hamilton, like Terminator 1 Linda Hamilton. Yeah, I think that would definitely work. Yeah, although I always, young Linda Hamilton always seems just too innocent looking to me. All right, Terminator 2, 2, where she did become a badass. That's better. Okay. That is better. (laughs) Nope. I, I got one. I can't, uh. For the life of me, remember her name, but Tiger from Future Man. I don't know if you've seen that one. Um, let me let me Google real quick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, it just it says Tiger, and uh, that's it. That's all we get. <laughs> all right, so Tiger from Future Man. If you guys if you guys are familiar with it, that that's your that's your Valhana. And of course, last but not least. Ray Rumsey as the Chronicler. No, Mike Quinn with a puppet. <laughs> Eliza Coot is her name. Eliza Coot, okay. Yeah, see, I would have to go with, uh, back to Katie's character, Natalie Dormer. Oh, yes, that'd be a good one, too. Okay, that works. Uh, after after the whole hate, shed, shaved head part in Hunger Games, and she showed a lot of uh, reach for what she mm-hmm. could do as a character. Not as much yeah. reach, not as much reach as Linda Carter though. <laughs> <laughs> Very few have that reach. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, but we definitely got to cut this off. I got to go pick up my girl from work anyway. So <laughs> I'll start with Joe. Joe, where can they find you? Find me on Facebook, Joe Cahill, director, producer, Steamhouse Entertainment, or any of the names of my movies. We have pages for all of those out there. Right on, and Ray. Uh, I can be found DMing at Chronicles of the Lost Realm. You can find us on uh, Facebook and Instagram under Chronicles of the Lost Realm. I am also co-host to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast. And hopefully here, not too far in the future, you can uh, hear my lovely voice as the USS Missouri in The Last Battleship. Oh, there we go. Look at him advertising himself right here. Wow. <laughs> and, of course, guys, you can find me on YouTube under Realm of the Mist Entertainment or Sounds Dicey uh, Gaming, uh, either perfor- uh, portraying the character Ferran for Chronicles of the Lost Realm or hosting Realm of the Mist podcast or Breaking the Fourth Wall podcast, as well as guesting on many of the other Realm of the Mist shows. And, of course, you can find all of us right here exclusively for Patreon supporters with the After Hours show. Guys, thanks for hanging out with us. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Many more coming, and we will see you again soon. Have a good night. Have a good night.